Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop. Ryland Turner here, joined as always by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you? I'm good. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Unfortunately, I was not able to watch Rampage this week, so we're just going to be going over that. But I did catch Dynamite with Ryland, so uh, we're going to have that to talk about, which should be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we watched Dynamite for the first time together since that show has ever aired, and we've been doing a podcast about that show since that day. Yeah. Like, it's just never happened. I mean, we we, we do live in different provinces, so it, it is difficult to make these things happen, but uh, uh, I guess the stars aligned on Wednesday. Yeah, they did, and it was nice. Uh, it was a good show, Yeah, and we get to talk about it, but first, I think we should talk about some news, Ryan. Are you ready for that? Yeah, let's do it. It's time for the Wednesday Night Roundup. It's a Wednesday Night Roundup. Unfortunately, we do have some sad news that we are going to be covering. A longtime referee in the wrestling business, Dave Hebner, has passed away. Just gonna pull up a little bit of information. It was yeah, it's it's sad to see that somebody, um, some you know somebody who's been so involved in the wrestling business, uh, seventy three years old. He was the twin brother to Earl Hebner, who of course another long, long time referee in this business. Yeah. The, 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 a guy like that is going to be forever remembered. That 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 those two are synonymous with that the referee um, shirt. Like you think pro wrestling and you think referee for I don't know for me like Earl and Dave Hebner were. I mean da- I think Dave eventually became like an agent, but yeah. uh, yes, yeah. uh but still, like, uh, I mean, they came in together in the 80s using a, a, a twin magic situation. So, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, like you said, very sad to see uh, that he's passed away. Um, but uh, it's definitely somebody who uh, I think pro wrestling will definitely give them their flowers. Yeah. Um, obviously... He uh, he had, uh, married to his wife for 43 years. Obviously, his uh, brother Earl and uh, his nephew Brian Hebner, who has been refereeing WWE forever as well. Yeah, it's 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 sad to see, but this guy who had a long uh, career in WWE, and yeah, he was working in the business as recently as this year. So, uh, pretty incredible stuff. Absolutely. No way to transition easily to the, from this, but we're going to try to do that. Uh, we're going to talk very briefly about Triple Mania because a couple interesting things happened. Uh, as I mentioned previously on this show, Triple Mania, because it's the 30th Triple Mania, they're doing three shows. Uh, this is the second show uh, this weekend. Uh, basically, as we're recording this, is sort of happening. Uh, it's in Tijuana, and uh, the third one is going to be in Mexico City. So, a couple interesting things to note. One, uh, at least for our AEW, the AEW stuff, there's a few uh, notes here. One, Phoenix is the new AAA World Cruiserweight and Latin American champion. 
having defeated Laredo Kid, Taurus, Bandito, and Hijo del Vikino, my goodness, for the belts in a five-way match. Um, John, John Morrison, John, I guess John Hannigan, he is wrestling as Johnny Hardy tonight, uh, as the Hardys with, with Johnny instead of Jeff will take on Los Hermanos Lee, uh, Dragon Lee and Jurlistico, which I, that's going to be an amazing match too, I'm sure. But probably the most interesting of note, thing of note is at that October 15th show in Mexico City, Pentagon Jr. is going to be wrestling for his mask. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think the, we were talking about off air, the, just the, the thought of, uh, the thought of Penta losing his mask is, uh, it's terrifying. It's unfathomable. So he will take on at that show the loser of Villano 4 and Psycho Clown. You would suspect that whoever loses that match is likely to lose their mask. You wouldn't think it would be Penta, but, you know, stranger things have happened for sure. <laughs> this business is a weird well, one. That's, that's the, <laughs> the business. Business is a weird one, that's for sure. So we're going to do a quick forbidden door preview because we're not going to have time at our next show between that and getting that out to you and forbidden door actually happening so there will be some matches added to this show no doubt uh, we know how much we know how much uh tony khan loves to pack his shows and new japan has never seen meta show length it didn't like so i imagine this one's going to go for a while but Six matches to talk about so far. And let's go through them. Uh, some of them were confirmed on the on the show we're going to be talking about, but we'll, we'll get to them regardless. First of all, the Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki will be facing Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino in a six-man tag match. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. Yeah. It seems very thrown together, but there's enough bad blood here that I think it'll be good. And isn't uh, Shota Unimo, uh John Moxley's guy from New Japan anyway, the, his young boy? Uh, yes, I believe so. It's, uh, he is, uh, also the... So if you're not mistaken, he's the son of Red Shoes, is he not? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yes, he is. So uh, he wants to get revenge for, uh, if you remember during the Omega match, uh, Red Shoes got put in the, the, the Lion Tamer. Or, yeah, the Lion Tamer, did he not? Uh, or you put, no, he put Umino in the Lion Tamer. That was what it is, and made Red Shoes watch, because there was no disqualification. Right. <laughs> so he's got to get revenge for being put in the Lion Tamer. Uh, but yeah, he is, um, he's been, he's traveled since then. He was doing work in RevPro and OTT in Britain. Uh, even challenged Will Ospreay for the, the Undisputed British Championship. So like, yeah, this is a guy who's, even young, young as he is, 25, he's already starting to put together an interesting career. This whole show is going to be full of uh, guys that we've been, I guess, kind of 
not watching for the last while. So we're going to see like these new characters come into this company. And hopefully uh, this open door policy is going to kind of keep going in the future so we can continue to see some of this international talent that New Japan's had. But like because of the fact that we've had the pandemic, I mean, I just feel like the the atmosphere of New Japan has just been down. We'll talk. There'll be a couple more uh, matches that we will get to. FTR versus United versus United Empire versus Rapongi Vice in a three-way tag for the ROH and IWGP Tag Team Championships. That could be really good. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see Rapongi Vice get to wrestle again. It's always cool to see Rocky Romero get back in the ring. It's been fun. He's the the, the comeback of them on uh, Dynamite Rampage has been exciting. It's uh, I, I I don't know what it is about Chuck Taylor. He he always just seems to kind of wind up being that guy on the outside. Like, well, all right, there goes my tag team partner with his old buddy, and uh, Orange Cassidy's doing his thing, and oh, Chris Tatlander's gone too. Oh, all right, I'm just gonna hang out. Um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Jeff Cobb, a guy who has had a, a brief appearance in in AEW as well, he's gonna get to to wrestle in this match, which should be good. I've seen a lot of his work in uh, Ring of Honor. He's really, really great. I would expect FTR to be the favorites in this, though. Uh, probably, yeah. I mean, they're 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 hot as all hell right now, and it, it makes most the most sense. And I I can see them wanting to go over to Japan to defend those championships anyway. Absolutely, and and I feel like oh my god, that that would be a reason to tune in to New Japan for me. Absolutely. Speaking of Orange Cassidy. I don't know if it was a match I'm more excited for. He's taking on Will Ospreay for the the U.S. Championship. Yeah, it, it's kind of one of those like, here you go, here's something different, and I, I'm I'm excited for it. I, I like Orange Cassidy, and I think he he gets a lot of flack for you know being him, but like an opportunity to work with uh, Will Ospreay, like that's going to be great. I, I both guys can go. And this thing that, is, it comes down to that. It, it, it doesn't matter what his character is. He can go. And that's the thing is that I think they fit each other so well because both guys like don't always take things seriously in the ring. But but when push comes to shove, they can both wrestle. Yeah. So I think it, it's a good match between these two. I I expect Will Ospreay is going to win that one. Oh yeah. But but it should be a great match regardless. All-Atlantic Championship, Pac versus Miro versus, it's either Malachi Black or Penta, I expect it'll be Malachi Black, versus TBD from the New Japan side, and we, I think we both suspect it to be uh, Ishii. This, this, this is going to be madness. Just that's utter a, that's madness. A, that's a lot of hard-hitting. Oh. I think this is the match that I'm most excited for. I, I don't know what it is, but like this, this, this to me, like I feel like is going to steal the show. I'm excited. There is a women's match on the show. I'm disappointed that it's AEW, all AEW doing representation. I mean, if they were going to pick anybody to sort of represent the other side, Tony Storm is a very good pick. But Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm should be an amazing match for the women's world championship. And Tony Storm could use like that boost to be in a major match because she hasn't really had that opportunity yet. Yeah, and I think she'll. This will be a great showing for her. 
I think that's the one that I I have no idea who's going to win that match. Because you could go either way with it. I think they like Thunder Rose's champion, and I could see them carrying on with it. But if they want a title change, this is going to be a good way to do it. And then we get to Moxley versus Tanahashi. I I have no idea what this match is going to be, aside from it'll be very good and probably very long. Yeah. Um, like, I, I like Tanahashi and all, but, like, I just, I don't know. Like, the, the it's a, it's a good, it's going to be a great match, but, like, I guess I think because of the fact that this was so close to double or nothing and we're kind of getting this rushed and not like, you know, traditional AEW long term storytelling stuff. And this pay-per-view is just kind of coming out of nowhere. Um, I just I'm just not as hot on this as I I feel like I should. I, I should or could be. I'll say this. I think a lot of people think it's a foregone conclusion that Mox is going to win. Right. I think that's true. I have a question. Does it hurt AEW if Tanahashi wins this? I mean, like, they have other titles, so they can put them in the in the spotlight. That's certainly true. And it would build so much hype for the, the, uh, the title match. Because whenever Punk comes back, everyone would know not only is Punk back, but he's going to get a, a match against Tanahashi. Right. I think that, but but I think also to that point, like, I think Tanahashi also called Punk out for Wrestle Kingdom. So, like, that could also just be already planned for, for, for you know, whatever down the road. But I, you're right, it, it, it doesn't hurt AW to do this and just send it over there for a while. And, uh, yeah, I think, because I think... Moxley versus Punk would be a great match. I don't know that it would be like it would be gory. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't, I don't know if I need more gory CM Punk matches. That man bleeds like ridiculously. It's 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 almost like haunted. I mean, it's almost as though it's a it's a bit of a, a crutch. Um, we'll see. I think I think I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see what direction they go with that. But uh, there's two very good choices there. I think either match would be very good. Right. Them. You just sort of go either way. Last thing we'll talk about is speculation about any other matches. I know they've been building up stuff with with Paige. I think they want him to have a match on here. Right. But I don't think there's gonna there's gonna be a Paige match unless Okada's involved. I don't know what that looks like, but also they've been teasing. They teased Adam Cole versus Jay White, but Jay White rejected it. So there's going to be a Jay White match for the title, but Jay White has yet to announce his opponent. Do you think maybe um, Hangman Page is not going to get the title match announced and he's going to find out or like the crowd's going to find out the night of that Okada's there and he's going to wrestle him. I I think that's what should happen. I think Paige should show up, have no match. If you want to do that in the backstage thing, or if you want to do that before the, before the whatever, like I know you don't, you know, you want to sell your pay-per-view on your biggest stars and 
Like, Okada is a huge star. But I don't know that there's anybody who's going to who is going to watch this pay-per-view or who would, like, go in and buy this pay-per-view just because Okada was on it. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't think I don't think it's a risk to put Okada on the show unannounced. And if he doesn't show, I don't think it's the end of the world either. Right. Do you uh, do you think we're going to get any commentary from uh, New Japan? Like I uh, wonder. I'm not sure. I think they'd be tempted to do the original New Japan team when they started broadcasting them on, on World. Was it not uh, Kevin Kelly and Jim Ross? Uh, yeah, I believe so. So I could see them reuniting for for a call. Kevin Kelly could definitely get in there. I think. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm just wondering if they're going to bring over any of the other guys that they've had over the last while. Uh, Chris Charlton is a guy who I enjoy every time he gets on the uh, the commentary team. So I hope to see some some more of that. Like, cause, uh, like don't get me wrong. Like, I understand that this is an AEW production, but like, I want to see some like some New Japan guys, some guys that you're going to see when you watch New Japan. You know what I mean? I th- I think they might put together like a New Japan four versus four tag match, like or you know battle royal or something like that. That seems like something very New Japan-y to do to get a bunch right. of people on the show. Absolutely, and I think it'd be fun. It would be fun. Like bring over a lot of guys. Like let's let's get let's get you know fucked up, guys. <laughs> I mean, like you're gonna do a private jet. You might as well fill that thing up, right? Hmm. Um. Yeah. I. I hope that we get to see lots of things. I would lo- I'd still, I'm still wanting to start him. at least one. Bring somebody, you know? I agree with you 100%. I don't think they're going to do it, but, like, if it's one women's match, that's not a, a modern wrestling pay-per-view. It's a Saudi show. Just my two cents. Speaking of Saudi shows, I think we got to talk about Vince McMahon, don't we? Oh, there's no chance. That's what you got. Oh, so weird. Okay, let's backtrack. Friday. No, before that. Yeah, no, it was before Friday. It was Thursday, I think. Because it was the night before. We found out in the morning. Uh, So there were rumors that had come out that Vince McMahon had... had... Wow, there's no good way to say this. He had relations with a woman who was in his employ that John Laurinaitis probably or did appears to have as well, and that they covered it up and gave her a promotion in the company and then paid her a good amount of money to keep quiet about this. These are the allegations that have been brought forward. This appears to be is now an investigation by the board, because if this money was, you know, company money, that's a problem. And the investors will want consequences for that. So Vince McMahon stepped down as chairman of the WWE temporarily, and the interim chairwoman is Stephanie McMahon. Vince McMahon is continuing to run the creative side of the business. Nothing has been announced for John Laurinaitis. And Vince McMahon appeared as Mr. McMahon on SmackDown to reiterate that 
The slogan of WWE is then, now, forever, and most importantly, together. And then welcome Minnesota to SmackDown. He was out there for about 45 seconds talking, and it was weird and uncomfortable, and the Minnesota crowd ate it up. And, yeah. Marlon, you want to talk about this for a little bit? I have feelings, but I need a moment. But, you know, like, this is... I mean, number one, like, this is a company that we keep hearing rumors that they are, you know, getting ready to sell. And this is not what you want when you, you're doing that. Like, you, you, this backstage environment, this, this environment that, you know, like, we've heard Vince McMahon stories like this throughout the years. This isn't the first time we've heard this. This is just one of the first times it's been made public and it's been, you know, published by the Wall Street Journal. Like, this isn't the first time Vince has gotten himself into trouble. But, like, I don't know. Like, for me, this feels like that. this is the first time he stepped down as temporary or not. That that is a that is a, a bold thing to do. And like you said, the weird promo on SmackDown um, and just, you know, obviously not saying anything, but you like the way you described it to me, like it just uh, it's it's all very weird. And I, I don't know, it's it him being in charge of creative, like obviously, like he's not giving that up. But uh, this is a this is a weird time. This is a weird time in wrestling. <laughs> like this week was just uh, a bombshell. Like w- with all this and, and and all this stuff too. You got to think about all, all. What about all these things that like the Netflix thing with with Vince, uh, the, the the movie, uh, the books, the you know autobiography. Like it, it's it's all it, this could this could you know halt all, or or cancel all of that dependent because this isn't just one person they there's other there's other ndas that they found as well with with misconduct uh being you know ruled so like this isn't uh this isn't a one-time thing and uh yeah i don't know this is in, in this day and age and rightfully so this can sink a person so we're, we're gonna see uh i i i am it, it makes me nervous. You know what I mean? Like in a sense that like, I, I'm uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, Vince McMahon's not somebody I hold in high regard in, in any sense of uh, being a, a good person, but uh, like this could, uh, this could make it be a major shift in uh, the WWE. I, I think anyway, that's fucking gross. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's, it is, a person of power using that power to get what they want. These relationships are creepy, and they're exploitative and awful, and they need to stop. And let's not—I'm not railing against all you know inner office romances. Some of them are neither here nor there. But the power dynamic between these two people is. Such that you can never have it can never be a um, mutually powerful relationship. There's a 
power disparity that is impossible to to bridge on top of the fact that John Laurinaitis is involved in it too. Yeah, like it's it's all very fucked up. It's all very fucked up. And, and like I'm not going to get into the morality of, of the cheating side of things, though I imagine there's going to be consequences for that. I suspect that John Laurinaitis is going to be the fall guy for a lot of this. Yeah, but I do too. I think that's everyone's thought process. But this kind of stuff can't continue. And it's... I don't know Vince McMahon as like I don't know I don't know his his personality or whatever it is his feelings about things backstage there's a history of creepy behavior with women in wrestling and this is but whereas all of that if you want to you know explain it away is well he's supposed to be the bad guy I guess you can do that this is predatory and it's gross. And it has no business in any business environment. Never mind a publicly traded one. Yeah. And, and if it, it turns out that NDA disclosure money was WWE money, let me tell you, if I was an investor, I'd be pissed. Because that's, there's no, that's money you're taking out, out of investors' pockets to do shenanigans, to do deplorable behavior with and there's there's no there's no place for that no in, in addition to the fact that this woman's on the payroll and got a raise after part, with all of this stuff I'm not attacking her I'm just saying like that is the reality of the situation is this whole situation is very uncomfortable and gross and it should probably result in Vince McMahon losing his job but this stuff doesn't stick to Vince the way that it ought to. You know? I think he's the I think he's I think he gets to skate because like, you know, it's we don't separate and it, that's the thing for the um for the Minnesota crowd. What makes us really uncomfortable is that and it's a problem that is kind of ubiquitous across culture is that we don't separate people from personas. And it leads to the type of Paris social relationships that lead to the people on the internet yelling about which billionaire is a better person. Because immediately, like, the WWE, or the AEW people who are going out there, who are just looking to score points on WWE, they don't care about the allegations or the human beings who are involved in this. They just want to score points in the WWE people. And then the WWE people are going to talk about how, oh, Tony Khan's probably just as bad. And, like, it's dumb. Because they, these people don't know you. And you don't know them. And stop it. Like, there's no defending this type of behavior. There is no place in the workplace, and I can't imagine how uncomfortable it is to be his kid and to know about this and to be aware of all the stuff that's going on with your dad's, you know, affair 
and it just being part of just part of the way things go. Huh. I I don't know. I just don't. It's not good. No, it's not. It's it's really not. And like I said, I I think this could be. Uh, uh, it's definitely the, the biggest, you know, mainstream news story of pro wrestling in in certain, you know, certainly a long time. So, well, is this like this is the biggest threat to Vince's career since the steroid scandal? I I would say so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because they <laughs> he wasn't playing publicly traded at that at that point. No, and. Like that's something he could he could pawn off on on wrestlers or on different people or whatever it is, and there's no doubt he you know to say the company wasn't involved in that it'd be naive. But again, we have to tread with a lot of this stuff very carefully because there's a lot of allegedly's that have to be thrown around here. Oh, but because yeah. we don't know the facts of this whole situation yet, and I imagine. There may be some of the stuff that we will never know, but I can't imagine that having to be your boss every day, especially if they get to stay, and especially if more, if uh, Laurenitis gets to stay too. Because so what does that tell you if you're an employee there? Wh- what are you supposed to do when you know this stuff is happening to you? Report it to HR. Yeah, I'm sure that will work out really good for you. I wonder if WWE has an internal hotline like some of those other companies do. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God, that's that's all I have. I'm. It's yeah. It, it's it. Uh, I'll put put it to you this way: like, I I was looking for news uh, to, for the show, and it was just this just dominated the the last, you know few days to the point where there was just nothing there was we, we talked about we talked about triple mania kyle talk about triple mania yeah we dug deep for these for these fine folks yeah and it's it's uh it's gonna be interesting um i will i will update the triple mania story it's uh penta versus villano will be the match in mexico city so yeah it's gonna be penta versus a, a legend of the business is going mass versus mass. That's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Um, Rylan, do you want to move on to the show? Let's do it. All right. So I'll go through this. We're going to go kind of quick about this, but don't want to get too too deep into the weeds because I think we'll just comment on the stuff that we enjoyed about uh, each match or each show. Um, let's start with... Chris Jericho versus Ortiz. Hair versus hair. And this was a really good match. Yeah, I was I I, I when they when they, it, the show started and this was the opener. I at first was like interesting. Uh but it it actually it worked out. It really did. So suffice to say the end of the match was referee got distracted. Kingston knocks out Jericho with a spinning back fist, but Jericho manages to kick out. Then the referee gets distracted again. Fuego del Sol comes out with a baseball bat and hits and hits Ortiz, which allows Jericho to win. And coming out of it, it turns out it wasn't Fuego del Sol, it was Sammy Guevara. 
So Sammy Guevara has reunited with Chris Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society. And uh, Ty Conti has joined the group as well. Interesting turn that I was not expecting, but I'm happy that way because I feel like that's where they belong. Yeah, I think it. I think their dynamic works. Jericho and Sammy always played well off each other, mm-hmm. and I do think their dynamic works a lot better here, where we can feel free to boo them. Yeah, and not have to really feel bad about it. And Ty Conti, admittedly, to her credit, has been playing the heel pretty well. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was nervous about it at, at the beginning, in the beginning, because I'm like, she's such a natural baby face. But she's, yeah, you're right. She's really done a great job at it. And Guevara doesn't need, you know, he's more no, naturally he's, a heel, <laughs> even with his, yeah. which is amazing because his offense is so baby face. But as you said, the world's most punchable face. I'm kidding. Um, <sighs> Wardlow versus the plaintiffs. This was silly and stupid. Yeah, it was. It was, but I feel like it was. It was great, not thought out at all. But it was fun. Uh, so Wardlow was fighting twenty guys, and they were all coming in one at a time, which was not the, a great strategy. I would have, I would have coordinated these guys a little bit better if I was, you know, in charge of them. But they. They were all pinned in different groups. Most of them got power bombed, and they were pinned in a way where they were sort of stacked on top of each other and pinned all at once, which doesn't like work. That's not how pins work, but whatever. It was a it was a little nitpick. This was Wardlow ends up getting through all of them very quickly, and then Smart Lamar Sterling comes out. Comes into the ring, and he gets targeted by Wardlow. But Wardlow gets distracted by the Skybox, because he's been talking about wanting to challenge for the TNT Championship. And Dan Lambert has a surprise for him, and it's Matt Hughes and Tyrone Woodley who come into the ring. And... It was cool. I think for for people who are bigger UFC guys, these are probably bigger names. Like I know Tyron Woodley, and, and they were St. Louis guys. So yeah, yeah. And for the St. Louis crowd, that was good. Um, Matt Hughes, huh. I feel bad that MMA yeah. did MMA did a lot to that man. Well, he also was hit by a train. So That's true. And and it just. Uh... Yeah, it, I didn't know that until I saw him on Dynamite. But, so, I mean... Yeah. So, basically, Wardlow says that he's a Midwesterner, too, and that, you know, they're not gonna, they shouldn't take orders from a suit in the skybox. And, yeah, they don't. And they help Sterling, or Wardlow powerbomb Smart Mark Sterling. And that's how the segment ends. It was, uh, you know, it was the, the end part was there. It, it, I mean, like it just it's building to whatever, but like it's clearly building to to Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky. Yeah, and but like I'll put it to you this way: Wardlow's got to win that match. He's really got to win that match. Yeah, he does. Because I feel like he's taken the the stuff is kind of like he was he was really hot after Double or Nothing, and he's kind of taken a dip, and so he really needs that win. We'll see where they decide to go with it. I think it's going to be a TV match sooner rather than later. 
Now we'll move on to the next match. Dax Harwood versus Will Ospreay. This was good. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> Dax Hardwood. As, as, I think as we can expect from, from Dax Hardwood, who is going after uh, like uh, a great year as a singles wrestler in 20. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. I mean, I've always thought that of the two of them, that Cash Wheeler was the better, had the more potential as a singles star. Man, Dax Hardwood can wrestle. Right. And these guys went back and forth. Osprey ends up getting the win with the Oz Cutter. He tried several times to get the Oz Cutter. And then, yeah, he also, oh, he ends up hitting the Hidden Blade for the win. Which, God, the Hidden Blade is good finish. It's a vicious move. It's a vicious yeah. move. So, it was a great win. Uh, Will Osprey had a, it was a great match. And then Osprey's boys, United Empire, come in, they attack Harwood. Out comes everybody. It's Cash Wheeler. It's Rapongi Vice. Wheeler Yuta. They're all coming out for the fight. But it's Orange Cassidy who returns. And we get a stare down between Osprey and Orange Cassidy. Later on, they confirm that that's going to be the match for for Forbidden Door. And I mean, we talked about it already, but I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's going to be fun, I think. It, it, a lot of people are going to crap all over it, but fuck those people. Like, <laughs> fuck versus, those people, man. I mean, after Pac versus Orange Cassidy, all the, like, the couple of years ago, I'm never going to doubt Orange Cassidy again. Absolutely. He's wrestled some really good matches in this company. And, yeah. I'm excited to see him wrestle Osprey. I think it's going to be a great match. Also, Orange Cassidy's such an easy babyface, and Will Osprey's such a despicable heel that I think the, the crowd dynamics will be fantastic for that match, too. So, Mox and Tanahashi have a stare down, and they're going to be facing each other at Forbidden Door. And then Jericho comes out. He interrupts them. He can... And Tanahashi tells him to shut up. They end up attacking Mox and Tanahashi, and among the group that ends up attacking him are Lance Archer and Desperado. So Jericho then announces his weird match of Kingston, uh, Yumino, and Wheeler Yuta versus Minoru Suzuki, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara. At which point, Kingston and his group comes out and runs them off. And Mox and Tanahashi get their stare down, and that's how we go to commercial. I feel like this mat that match ends with with um, Suzuki turning on Jericho and Gvar. Maybe. I, I I just I I got this feeling like that crowd's gonna you know pop huge for that moment, and it you know it just it, it kind of makes sense. Like he's don't get me wrong, he's a villain, but like that guy's just, he knows how loved he is. And fuck Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of really good stuff, potential for, for stuff in that match. There's a lot of people who want who want revenge against Jericho. And yeah, uh, Wheeler Yuta is very good at getting hero spots. Certainly. And Eddie, King, Eddie, Eddie Kingston and Monero Suzuki are going to beat the piss out of each other. But we'll go to the next match. Ethan Page represented Canada. Miro represented Bulgaria. Ethan Page got a fair amount of offense in early, but 
Uh, no. He he was not going to win this one. Dan Lambert tried to get a distraction. Miro hits him. And then Paige takes the... I guess it's not the, um, the Machka kick anymore, but... Game over is locked in, and Ethan Page immediately taps to to game over. And we're Miro's going to be in that match. That's going to be very good. I the, there was one spot in this match where Ethan Page grabbed Miro's hands while he was on his knees, and he was like, "Pray to your God for me. Pray to your God for me." And I was just like, "Oh, this comeback's going to be great. It's <laughs> going to be great." And it was. It was fantastic. So Dante Martin says that he's going to face John Moxley on Rampage. We'll talk about that when we get to Rampage. Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. This is a, an interesting match. A lot of back and forth early on, and we'll get it, we'll get to the end of it. Baker tries to get Lockjaw. Tony hits a German suplex, and then Spike Piledriver for the win. Tony Storm beating Britt Baker. Yeah. Clean. Thunder Rosa had had come out earlier to deal with help deal with Brit's side squad, but Thunder Rosa comes down out to stare down Tony Storm after the match, and that obviously we've talked about that. That's the match that's going into Forbidden Door as well. I'm glad Tony Storm finally got something. Yeah, she's getting her. She's getting the credit that she she deserves uh, as a capable worker. I mean, like again, I'm not the world's biggest fan, but like. This this woman works hard, and quite frankly, she's she's a, made her name for herself. So she should be in this position. Tony do you Schiavone, think? Do you think any before? Do you any any chance you think that uh, Tony Storm takes the title? Yeah, I do. I think it's to be honest. I think it's sixty forty for Thunder Rosa. Okay, this is a match that I'm sort of the most torn on in terms of a winner. Oh, okay. Because I think. I don't know if this run has been long enough for Thunder Rosa. I might want to see her go a little bit longer, but Tony Storm's as good a person as any to put the title on. So, yeah, I don't mind it. Stokely Hathaway is backstage. He issues an open challenge on behalf of Jade Cargill, which Willow Nightingale comes out and accepts. I will say for this promo, uh, Willow Nightingale and, and Stokely Hathaway have great chemistry, and I'd like to see more of them. Yeah. Her, her, just her herself. Like every time yes. she's on the screen, she steals the the, the camera from anybody she's uh, in there with, like or on there with rather. Uh, she's got a great personality, and she like just very well spoken. Just great, super, super, really good talent, and, and, and in the ring too, like fantastic. That's the thing. She's one of the, I think, one of the underrated. I think she's. They're starting to really build her as a. She's star written all over her. Right. And I think there's something they're gonna, you know, hopefully build her up to to get that opportunity to be that star because she. Ugh, excuse me. I think within the next five years should be you know a multiple time women's champion. Fully agree. But I will say, I think it's her and Nyla Rose are the two two to me that I think. I would like to see more of their personality shine through because Nala Rose is hilarious. And I know that they like to have her play as the monster, but I, <laughs> she's, you know, she's got a very interesting personality. And even beyond that, I think she, that gets hidden away a little bit. Right. Hangman Adam page comes out. He says he wanted to face Okada for the title. 
And then Okada lost. So Adam Cole comes out, talks about how Okada lost. He's laughing. And Jay White is going to face him instead. And then Jay White's music hits. He attacks Paige. And then he cuts a promo. Says he's not going to fight Hangman. He also says that Okada's not going to be there. And then he laughs at Adam Cole and says he's not going to fight him either. And he says he will defend his championship at the at the at Forbidden Door and welcomes everybody to the Switchblade era. This is weird. This was interesting. Like, yeah, like here's my thing: is that now we have one week to promote like the big title match yeah. for, for New Japan and potentially Okada showing up. Like, that's why I asked: is do you think that you know he 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 may not even be pr- uh, promoted for the show like i don't know like i think that that's a name you want to get on the card because i think for anybody who's going to buy this show and anybody who is going to go to this show if it's i mean is i think it's sold out isn't it oh for sure okay well either way for the people who paid good money to go to this show like that's a big draw that's a really big draw so i It'll i feel be interesting like- to see how it goes i think like Unless he was going to fight Kenny, I don't think anybody was... I don't think it was necessary for Okada to be on this show, but he is Kazuchika Okada. Yeah. So, you know, he, it'd be a good show. It'd be good to see him on it. If, but, we'll but, but I will say, if Tony Khan and, and New Japan sat down to do a pay-per-view, and Tony Khan did not go in there going, okay, Okada has to be on the card. Like, there has to be a spot, a spot for him on the card. Uh, and 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 they, he just let that go. I I question your judgment on that. If if that ends up being what it is, because and maybe like, he, maybe he just didn't want to go. It's possible. It's possible. But like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like Okada's come over enough times, and 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 and, and he he's you know he's friends with the Bucks. He knows those guys. Like, I don't know. Either way, time will tell. Jungle Express. Young Bucks Tag Team Championships. This match was insane. <laughs> this was the. Uh, thank God the uh, the Hardys weren't in this match. Oh like, God! Uh, Luchasaurus went through many tables. There were a lot of crazy spots. I could recount a few, but you know, just go watch it. And suffice to say, we ended this one with. BT trigger on Jungle Boy after the double stack tables Luchasaurus bump. So BT trigger, Bucks climb up and grab the belts. So the Young Bucks are the champions. And after the match, Christian Christian Cage hits Jungle Boy with the kill switch and then the concerto. In front of his mom and sister. Yep. This is, this is good. I... I know that they really want to build to that match. They've got a long way, don't they? When's the... When's the... Because that's Sept- that September, be right? Yeah. Oh, they got three months, man. That's got to be on pay-per-view, doesn't it? Yeah, but you could keep them off TV for at least a month of that. That's true. I like, think... he, he did concerto him, you know? It, yeah, it's, that it's, is true. And, and, and I mean, like... Luchasaurus without like you could just have Christian running through some people until then 
because like he's he's good for that. Like he's very capable in the ring, very convincing to, you know, go over some of these young guys. So, you know, have Jungle Boy sit at home for a little bit and rest up and and get ready for this fucking, you know, great match. He's going to have it all out. Obviously, I think you could bring I think you could bring him like two months or a month and a half in or away, you know, back and, and, and then start the program then. That's fair. What do you give this show? I, I honestly I gave this show like a four. Like I thought there was nothing that was like overly offensive, but like uh I, I enjoyed I really enjoyed um Dax Hardwood and uh Will Ospreay and I and I really enjoyed the main event and I, I'm I'm I like I like the Jungle Express, but I'm kinda happy that they're not champs anymore. Like I just felt like I don't know, they they had really great matches, but like they, I think the crowd had just gotten over them. And, and this tag team division, I'm okay with the belts kind of moving every, you know, a, a little bit quicker because it, you get a, a highlight on some of these younger guys that I think uh, really helps them. I mean, certainly this this reign has done well for them. They've been champs since what November. Mm. There's a lot of teams that could use taste in this belt, and I hope the young bucks. Give the or I hope the young bucks lose this to. I don't think I don't think they need to hold on to it for very long. No, and I hope they lose to somebody who could use the boost. But I suspect we're gonna get. My suspicion is we're gonna get Bucks FTR three for. I mean, potentially a, a lot of gold. <laughs> the next pay per view. Just FTR shows up with their wagon of gold. Yeah. Um. It's it's certainly possible, and I you know what I'm here for it. That last one was so damn good. Like the first one was good too, but like not not on the same level. No, it, there was there wasn't people, you know, like so it, it it wasn't on that same level. That that second one was so goddamn good. So I I, I would love to see it again. Um, and and honestly, you're you all out. You, that's the perfect spot to do that too. So let's go into what happened at... We'll go very quickly through Rampage results. To no one's surprise, John Moxley beat Dante Martin. <laughs> it was a submission victory with a body lock into a hammer lock. Apparently, Shane Strickland is trying to apologize... Or Swerve Strickland is trying to apologize to Keith Lee. And... Apparently, Hobbs and Starks... And they're, they're not done. Which begs the question, is Swerve joining Team Taz? Uh, maybe that would be... That, I, I, I would be okay with that, but I would almost rather him start his own thing. Like, yeah, I would. I, I feel like there's guys on the roster that could benefit from being in the same presence of a guy who... This is, like, this, this is a guy who I feel like is going to go to the moon. Like he is such a he has an aura around him that I feel has star written all over it, and I think he he's a guy who when he came in he didn't come in and wind up doing dark matches. You know what I mean? Like he was he's been prominently featured since he got there, I think, and and I would say the same for Keith Lee. Um, not a lot of weeks without these guys on on the on your screen, right? So. Um. Yeah, I think any guy would benefit from being around that guy. Max Caster in the Gun Club, or the Ass Boys. 
versus Bear Country and Leon Ruffin. Yeah, this didn't last long. <laughs> Elbow drop from the top rope for Caster to pick up the victory. And yeah, I guess this is going to be a thing. These four seem to have a, a thing going right now. Which uh, you, you've talked about how much you enjoyed their enjoy the work so far. Yeah, I, I, I honestly like the the whole uh, you know ever since D- Dan House and dubbed them the Ass Boys, I feel like they've done a, a great job getting on social media and getting themselves out there and joining the, the likes of the acclaimed for a bit uh, while, um, oh, what is his name, uh, the the injured one. Anthony Bowens, while he's in, yes. while he's out, joining up with them, like the, the promos are getting better. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's getting these guys, you know, in front of people and it, showing a different side of them, and and I like it. I'm, you know, they can stay heels, but also, you know, make us laugh hysterically. And honestly, like I'm enjoying every time that you know they're they're teaming together. So these the the Gun Kids are very good in the ring. I will give them yeah. that. There, Hook is backstage. He has been told that he's going to be taking on somebody from the New Japan Dojo next week on Rampage, and yeah, that that will be fast. Yeah, Danhausen was also there, so Hookhausen is still there. Stokely Hathaway was on commentary, and with Jericho, why did I miss this? I played TSN. Um, Chris Jericho named Jade Cargill his Sports Entertainer of the Week, which Hathaway was happy about. Willow Nightingale, I did watch a little bit of this. Uh, Willow Nightingale put up a good fight, but was unable to get the win. Obviously, we had Jaded for the victory. And in the post-match, Jade Cargill continues to attack... Willow along with Kira Hogan, but Athena comes out, and so does Chris Statlander, allowing them to escape unharmed. So yeah, we're we're continuing to build to that. Do you think I'll ask you this, Rowan? Do you think Athena is going to be the person who's going to take down Jade Cargill? I would like to see that. Honestly, I would because I just I don't want this this winning streak to go too far. To the point where, you know, like the crowd turns on her. Because I feel like Jade Cargill, as good of a heel as she is, she also has that baby face run in her. I don't want people to sour on this woman. You know what I mean? I think I agree. I do think, though, that I wouldn't it wouldn't bug me if she beat Athena the first time. Right. And then Athena got a rematch in one. And maybe there's some shenanigans involved, something like that. And you can put them in a cage or something. Right. But yeah, I, I do think this that the feud warrants more than one match. But I do think that Athena seems like a good person to take down Jade Cargill. Though, don't then have her lose a bunch. And, 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 and you know, like, pull the trigger. Like, don't don't get gun-shy about this decision. I understand you're in a position that... that, that Khan's in a position where um, he, he's trying to build these stars properly, but like I don't feel like Jade Cargo loses anything from losing that title or even taking a loss. 
I don't think so. That's not the type. She's not the so type. As long of, as she's not knocked down the card. Too much. No, right. But I feel like that's not a woman that gets knocked down the card. She's no. got that star power level, right? No. I feel 100%. like if WWE had a chance to get her, they would do it in a heartbeat. 100%. I think it's true of a lot of these women. Anyway, we'll move on to, which is good to say for the division. Just, you know, give them a little bit more time, maybe. Right. Which we keep saying. Darby Allen versus Bobby Fish. I'll scroll to the bottom of this. This seemed to be very uh, a solid main event, and it ended up being that Darby manages to hit the last supper to pick up the victory over Bobby Fish. Fish apparently then attacks Allen with Kyle O'Reilly. But as Kyle O'Reilly was coming towards the ring, the lights come out, and Sting was there. <laughs> it's Sting! The, they beat down both of them. Darby wrapped a chair around Bobby Fish's leg and hit a coffin drop on the chair. And then Bobby got beat down with the baseball bat, or beat down on his leg with the baseball bat. So... Yeah, Bobby Fish getting getting beat on, and that was the show. I I, I feel sad that I missed Stokely halfway on commentary. <laughs> Hopefully, we get more opportunities to that in the future. Yes. Especially there with Chris Jericho, I imagine that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you you uh, you love Jericho on the on the panel so much. Jericho's an amazing commentator. I don't know what to say. Like, he does it better than any of the heel commentators, modern heel commentators. He is deferential to good wrestling. He acknowledges that, you know, faces are capable of being good, but he still puts himself and does his, puts his boys over. Right. You know? No, I agree. I enjoy him. I enjoy him. People are, pe- people are fickle, man. They're, they're whatever. And, and he's mad charismatic. Like, you know, I, I don't know what's, the, what's not the like. I understand the the old the heel way of commentary is to say that every babyface is garbage and has never doesn't know how to wrestle, but that's dumb. Don't do that. No. Anyway, that is the show. Ryland, do you, we don't want to talk about the social medias and where people can find us. Well, if they want to find us on Twitter, it's at WN Wallop. If they want to find us on Instagram, just simply WN Wallop. Uh, on Facebook, it's Wednesday Night Wallop. Just type that in. Look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. Um, Kyle, do we have a poll to look at? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Oh, boy. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. Kyle. We we uh, why don't before why don't you uh, before you tell the fine folks where they can, they can find you? Sorry, Jesus, um, on the social media. Why don't you tell them what our our next venture into uh, WWE uh, Classic Land is? Now I tried, admittedly tried to put my thumb on the scale, and I did vote in this poll, but the the Wallapites have spoken. And we are going to WWE Bad Blood 2003. Oh, God. Which, to my knowledge, is 
not, a terrible not, show. Yeah, it is remembered as not a good show. Uh, I'll, I'll just see if I can find uh, just a review of the show. Uh, these yeah. people hate it. These these people hate us. A four out of ten, according to Canadian Online Explorers uh, rating section. And there were some good matches and a lot of not good ones. Apparently, the pay per view originally ended 25 minutes before it was supposed to. And the do you know what the main event for this is, Alan? Kevin Nash and Triple H inside Hell in a Cell? You best believe it. Ugh. I, boy, I'm looking at this Have card. you ever seen this match? No, I haven't. I have. Okay, so I want you to just be prepared that this uh, sucks. It really sucks. This, you, 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 we've, we've gone from shitty WCW to shitty WWE. It's, it's really bad. So... Strap yourselves in, folks. We're going to be negative. <laughs> oh, God. I don't. <sighs> So-called Steve Austin beats Eric Bischoff in a redneck triathlon. All right. Um, thanks, Vince. Uh, my Twitter is at LeregendaryKJ. That is L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. We've got Forbidden Door coming for you, and apparently we've got to watch Bad Blood, too. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then next month, we're going to hit up some TNA for uh, their 20th anniversary. So uh, stay tuned for that. But no, this is, uh, thanks, guys. We're, 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 we're going certainly to hell, that's for sure. <laughs> Alan, you want to take these people home? You have been walloped. Good night. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.